Welcome to Eastern Water Solutions presents Chief and Coach's Corner. I'm Don Hensley, and today we'll be joined by Belfont football coach Jason Brown, assistant coaches Biff Roberts and Gail Clark, and we will close tonight's show by bringing on the true skill position players, Jazander Johnson and Keegan Overton Story. We've had a lot of these wide receivers and quarterbacks. Now we're going to get the real. About time we got the real football players. That's right. Now, Coach Brown, it's now it's starting to get fun. Uh, what a game Friday night. Classic trap game, if you will. Your team was coming off two wins against Shawnee and Alder, and here comes Kenton Ridge sitting on the schedule before the big conference matchup with London. It's a game that often can result in slow starts or, sh or sloppy play, but I thought your squad came out with their foot on the gas and never really let up. Well, thank you very much. It's a real compliment to our players and our assistant coaches to have our guys ready to play. We, we talk often here about playing to a standard and making sure that we match that standard. And we probably played to the standard better complimentary football than we played, um, you know, all season, really. Of course, at the same time, the competition, you know, for them, they're having a tough season. So we did what we had to do, and we took care of our business, and we prepared as though we were trying to get better as we headed towards this week. We're going to get to some of the performances, but I wanted to start up front. I thought both lines of scrimmage uh, were absolutely dominant by the Chieftains. Uh, Chris Fogan carried 12 times for 257 yards. And no one's debating his skills, but a few of those runs, uh, he never got touched. Now, I don't want to say that I could have run through him, but some of those holes were pretty monstrous. You have seen a real concentrated effort by Coach Reed and the offensive line and that crew to improve you know, weeks three, four, five, and six. I mean, you just you can just see slowly and steadily every week that they were really honed in on their craft. And a lot of credit to those guys. I mean, you don't win or lose football games if your offensive and defensive lines aren't driving the bus, really. And and for us, uh, we're very fortunate that um, Coach Reed and those guys are committed to being better every day. Yeah, you know your uh, offensive line's dominant when they're getting to the second level. And I thought on some of those running plays, uh, your guys were getting to the second level. <laughs> you know, it's a credit to those guys. And they're athletes. A lot of them are old hoopers. Um, and, and they've been athletes their whole life. Uh, two, a year ago, you know, even two years ago, we were probably unsure about where we would be offensive line-wise. And now, you know, with the development, their work and their effort and the coaching, you look and say, well, we're just pretty proud of, of the group we can put out there and rotate as well. I mean, the guys that are, aren't playing that a lot of teams around here would have played. Yeah, and you give uh, Chris Fogan a, a chance there, and he's going to hit some home runs. And I thought Friday night was a, just a display of home runs. I think you guys had eight or nine plays of over 20 yards, which – when you think about it, it's just incredible. Um, you know, I thought that's about as explosive as the offense has been. Again, we've talked about playing to the standard and, and playing complimentary football. And, you know, offensively, they just started with all gas, no breaks. I mean, just from the get-go, really set the tone for the football game. So just, to, you know, credit to those kids on offense that decided that they were going to start the game the way they did. And, you know, we got guys that can make plays, and when those guys do make plays, it makes us all better. It was some interesting stats in that game. Fogan scored the first four touchdowns, which meant he had scored the, first, the last eight touchdowns that the Chiefs had scored mm. at halftime. So you don't usually see the same player score eight touchdowns in a row. <laughs> but uh, and Making then, you the know, most of his opportunities, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then you take a look at the passing game, and um, there are only three passes that hit the ground, only three incompletions, which uh, was the same number of touchdowns. So uh, once again, the, the passing game clicking on all cylinders. You know, we've talked numerous times at this table about trying to make defenses defend the entire field, um, try to force them to, to pull their hair out a little bit and decide what they want to try to take away. 
And um, as long as we continue to make people defend every blade of grass, uh, we'll be our best. Yeah, on a couple of those deep balls, there's only a few quarterbacks in this area that can throw those. I mean, that's a couple of those were dropped in uh, perfectly about 50 yards downfield. So, I mean, we're just, we're just fortunate. You know, we, we have a lot of athletes. We have a lot of kids that love fo football, the brotherhood, and we over me. And, you know, Tavian, along with these other guys, have committed to being their very best at this time of year. And, um, you know, it's just, it just starts really with our seniors and their love and, and commitment to this program. And, uh, you know, you had guys on earlier in the year that had injuries that a lot of times would have been season ending. And that's really set the tone in a lot of different ways. You know, when you're rolling up five, 600 yards a game, it's <clears throat> easy to get caught up in talking about the offense. But I think maybe one of the biggest areas of improvement throughout the season has been on the defensive side of the ball. And again, another big defensive effort. I know that uh, they scored 14 points. One came on a turnover when the JVs were in. Um, but only really one big play to the Miller kid who's got elite speed. Uh, but what did you see from your defense this week? Well, certainly I felt like uh, we took the challenge and accepted the phone booth kind of football game mentality. Uh, we knew that they'd try to run right at us. We knew that they wanted to keep it in tight, keep the ball away from our offense, and just felt like the defensive players themselves were committed um, to doing their job, even backside when it's not always easy to do that. Um, credit to those coaches over there for coming up with a great game plan. We knew, just similar to last year, that KR and London physically would help prepare us for the first round of the playoffs. You know, last year we, we, we committed to one another that we wouldn't, we wouldn't limp into the playoffs, that we would stand tall regardless of what happened, be physical and play. And this year, of course, we haven't had to have that mentality. The mentality's been let's get more, let's take more, let's attack, and let's be our very best in Week 11 and hopefully have a game right here. Yeah, the interesting thing about uh, the defensive effort was, first of all, that Jamil Miller kick and run for KR. And him playing, going up against Oregon all night, <clears throat> you're talking about two of probably the fastest guys in the CBC. And, yes, and Oregon I mean, matched him step for step. Yeah, you just you love to see the development of guys on this football team that in the summertime maybe nobody else would have known, wouldn't have known their name, you wouldn't have heard about. And uh, credit to KO and his coaches that are over there on that side. He has developed, as has Caden Snap. I mean, young guys that weren't varsity players last year. But, you know, I mean, KO's a, a track guy. Uh, and I think track's his first love. I believe we all know that. And, and we just are fortunate that he's willing to be with us and help us. And, and he's made plays through the season. And, um, you know, I would guess if you lined them both up head-to-head, -head, we'd take our guy in a race. But he showed for sure last Friday that, that there's definitely not going to be anybody behind him. So uh, up front, again, I thought defensively on uh, your defensive line was just too much for Kenton Ridge. And, and that's really been kind of the story here the last few weeks. T from, I know you're a defensive guy. Coach, you spent a lot of time on that side of the ball. But for those that may not understand, explain how important it is for the defensive line. Uh, when a defensive line's playing like that, that really makes the linebackers even better. Well, th when the defensive line's physical, and when we talk about DYJ doing your job, a physical defensive lineman forces an offensive lineman to block them. A physical defensive lineman that is forcing offensive linemen to block them is helping to keep the linebackers at the second level clean, is how we would describe it. And because of that, the linebackers have a chance to see their key, read it, and then run and react quickly. Uh, it's, you, you struggle defensively when offensive linemen are in the laps or offensive and defensive linemen are in the laps of our linebackers. Uh, that means we're losing at the line of scrimmage. And this defensive line 
and their coaches take a lot of pride in not losing at the line of scrimmage. We try to change the line of scrimmage, play on the other side of the line of scrimmage with discipline, which it takes some time to get there. You know, in today's day and age, in the summer, it's hard to simulate and emulate what's happening in football. And again, I go back to, you know, the really hot fire for us where we had to learn a lot of lessons about ourselves was week two against Coldwater. I thought defensively, we learned some lessons that as we started to turn the page from that have helped us grow. So I came to Belfound in 1991, young guy, sports editor at the Examiner. Now I have outlasted all the coaches, but two. We're gonna have those two on here in a second, but I, I think it's an interesting coaching group that you've got here when you got some experience, guys that have been around for several coaching regimes like Coach Roberts and Coach Clark, and then you've got some young guys like Coach Kennedy who's just starting his coaching career. So tell me a little bit about that dynamic that exists within your coaching staff. Well, I guess the tie that binds is Chieftain football and Chieftain pride and a love for our community and, and a love for our program. Um, that's what's common throughout, and that's what allows us to bring men that have been involved in this game 60-some years at this high school down to men that have been involved in this game just a short time on this coaching staff. Um, you know, I, I, it's, it kind of makes me a little emotional to think that uh, we have the kind of place where men are willing to, for free, give up their time and effort to be a part of what we do here simply because they love the program and they love the kids uh, and they love what Chieftain football is all about. Uh, I look around our coaching staff and I see men that I played for as a player. I see men that um, were similar age to me that played in different areas, different schools while I, while I played here. I see teammates of mine that are close by. And then I see on this staff players that have played for us. Um, and again, the tie that binds is Chieftain football. We talk about it being special. We talk about it being 122 years of a brotherhood, and we try to show that and emulate that to our players. Um, you know, Coach Roberts and Coach Clark, and you could throw Coach Lambert in there too at times in that regard. Uh, for a lot of us, they're like father figures, and uh, what they say really matters to us and means a lot to us. When Coach Clark comes to me and has um, a point of emphasis, so to speak, it, it, it affects me. Uh, what he says, it affects me. As same for Biffer. So we're just really fortunate to be in a place where um, the tie that binds Chieftain football has, has enabled a group of men to love each other through ups and downs of a game. But the bind that's beyond football is, is so deep, and it's, it's truly meaningful. Yeah, I, I can remember Coach Clark impacting you as a player because I remember he was in charge of conditioning at the end of practice, <laughs> and I would be out here for some practice ends. And I'm not sure you guys quite thought of him as a father then, but you guys had a few <laughs> other words for him. But <laughs> Yeah, you know, um, honestly, but again, it goes back to people that were setting the standards. Uh, and, and, at, and at that time, Coach Clark, you know, working under Coach P, he was setting a standard, the same thing that he did under Coach Asher prior to that. You know, and I just just talking before we came here, you know, Biffer actually started off with Coach Young in the late 70s, even before Coach Ash came. So, you know, Coach P, Coach Clark, and Coach Biff rally together um, under Coach Asher, but Biffer's even prior to Coach Asher. So, again, the love for program, the love for community, the love for school is um, it's unmatched. I really I think you would be hard-pressed to find it other places. And you just think about the men that have 
just committed their time and effort in the last 20 years, uh, been in and out of the program at different times. It's again, it's it's hard not to be a little emotional about it because, um, you know, I don't know where else you find that. Coach Roberts must have started coaching when he was like 12 then. Ha! He was coaching back yeah, there. Yeah, he coach looks pretty Ron. young back there, doesn't he? <laughs> All right, so now let's get to week 10. And, I mean, this is what the CBC has been waiting for right here. This is the matchup that's been circled on the calendar. The road to the league title has gone through London since they joined the league. Uh, the Chiefs are yet to beat them in CBC play, and you travel there Friday night. What should we expect? A slugfest. It doesn't matter the score. It doesn't matter how it looks. We just need to compete from the first whistle to the last whistle lay it all on the line, give everything we've got, and then, you know, lift our head at the last whistle and see where the score is. And quite frankly, at this point, obviously we're all in this to win. We want to win. It's important to win. But if we compete and play our very best, that's what matters. We play to the standard. That's what matters because that's what will carry us into weeks 11 and, and beyond, hopefully. I mean, in typical London fashion, they've rushed for over 2,500 yards and thrown for 500. So uh, they like to lean on the other team and play physical. Uh, I mean, there's been a lot written about their weight program and everything over there. But um, I told Coach Reed before we started here, it reminds me of one of those old Roberto Duran, Sugar Ray Leonard fights. So, I mean, here's to hoping that it's kind of a no-moss situation. <laughs> we, uh, we're prepared to play in the phone booth, and we're also prepared to force him to get out of it at times. And... Um, that is an exciting piece to this matchup that we uh, we can't get, wait to get on the bus and go see how it, how it plays out. You know, I, I think it's funny because I heard somebody this week say, well, Bell Fountain's, you know, guaranteed a share of the title. And I said, you will not find a coach or a player around who wants to talk about sharing anything. So this is obviously the, the focus is on, on winning it outright, which would be the first for the Chieftains since 2017. Yeah, we're looking to, uh, to leave a legacy and for especially our seniors to take something in their pockets with them that nobody will ever be able to take away. Yeah, and I, honestly, I don't, I don't think anybody, and to our players' credit too, they haven't said a word about it either. Everybody knows what, what the inning is and what the score is, and we're just ready to play. A little baseball reference. I got that in me. Slide, slid that in for Brunswick. All right, the interesting thing about this is that basically for your team, the playoffs kind of start this week. I mean, it's kind of in that, in that kind of scenario. Uh, you know, you, you got this big league championship game and then you go into the playoffs uh, obviously um, you're likely to host a first round tell our listeners about what what's the excitement level around the team I mean can you feel like it's it, it's reaching a crescendo or is it kind of the same even keel it's been from the beginning well I think that the excitement level is is starting to peak for sure everybody knows again the ending and the score this is prime time for us this is what we worked all through the winter at 6 a.m for this is what we spent all that time this summer working for and so now that the time is here, the opportunity is right now in front of us. So everybody, coaches and players, you can just tell that everybody's locked in and everybody's ready. Now, we've prepared in a similar fashion for all these weeks. We've talked about a standard. We've talked about what it means. And so now that, now that we've put ourselves in this position, we just have to go take the opportunity. All right, Coach Brown. Well, thank you as always. And on behalf of Chieftain fans everywhere, best of luck and let's keep it going. Uh, next up on the Eastern Water Solutions presents Chieftain Coaches Corner, and I guarantee you want to stick around for this because longtime assistant coaches Biff Roberts and Gail Clark will join us. Awesome. Thanks, Hans. Come on down, gentlemen. This is Trey Daring at Eichholz Daring and Sanford Funeral right Homes and Cremation Center. We are committed to providing professional, tailored funeral and cremation services at affordable pricing. 
We are part of a community of caring individuals, friends, and neighbors who consider it a privilege to serve you in your time of need. We are proud to be locally owned and operated. Our family serving your family since 1903. Go Chiefs! Foresight Insurance and Financial Services is a locally owned and operated financial services provider for the state of Ohio, focusing our efforts on serving the residents of Logan County and surrounding counties. We are located at 1653 U.S. 68 North Baffin. Foresight can help you with all your retirement needs. We specialize in assisting with pension options. We also offer business planning, charitable gifting strategies, as well as life and health insurance. Call today at 937-595-5002. Foresight Insurance and financial services in the business of planning life. Hello, this is Luke Varner from Easton Water Solutions. How is your water? Does your water need improve? Put my 23 years of experience to work for you. Give me a call today, Luke Varner, Easton Water Solutions, 592-8379. Your Realty, we value our clients and provide quality, professional services to Logan County and surrounding areas. Founded in 1988, our company prides itself on unique experiences that you can only find with us. Our area knowledge and negotiating expertise helps buyers and sellers achieve their goals. When you buy or sell with Royer Realty, you can use our moving truck free. Royer Realty, the realtors you know and trust. All right, welcome back. This week, I'm pleased to be joined by assistant coaches Biff Roberts and Gail Clark. Uh, both gentlemen, as you just heard, have coached at Belfound for a long time and have been a part of this community and a part of successful football teams here as both players and coaches. Uh, Biff, I didn't realize you coached with Larry, so you've been here a while. Right, I came here, uh, Coach Young was the coach, uh, I believe that would be 1981, and that was his last year. We went five and five, and... Um, Onward next year, Coach Asher took over. And uh, I think that, um, let me first ask, so how long have you been coaching then, Gail, with Bell Fountain? When did you start? I started that year that Chuck started. Uh, Chuck's first year was my first year, being 82. So I'm going to ask you both the same question here. Uh, 1981, 1982, it doesn't seem that long ago because, I mean, <laughs> Don here was just a freshman in high school myself, so it doesn't feel that long to me, but you start to add the years up, and it is. So how, tell me how you guys have seen coaching change in the last 40 years. Well, I, I would say when you say coaching, the, the game has changed hence, you know. I mean, the game has has done an upside down a bit where, I mean, we're still doing the, the blocking and tackling, but man, you're just seeing that ball flying around the air a lot. And I just think that um, different skill set now with some of the kids, kids are bigger, stronger, faster, you know, and uh, it just has been a, been a change. Coaching wise, I think coaches are, just go with the flow, you know. There's there's different camps and different things you go, and you just watch the game and change with the game. Well, Coach Clark, that ball wasn't flying around much when you were playing because they were giving it to you and Jesse. So, <laughs> Biff, how about you? How have you seen the game change? Well, I, I think the game has changed in several ways. One, it's become much more of an offensive game. Uh, probably the biggest rule change is when they allowed uh, holding. You know, now as long as your hands are inside – it's the offensive line, receiver, uh, 
or what other position uh, you can hold. And that's give the offense a tremendous advantage over what they used to have. Certainly skills uh, are much greater. Uh, technology, as far as uh, coaching, uh, is night and day, even in the last 10 years. Uh, with the advent of huddle and being able to share information like that and um, have multiple films of, of teams and being able to break them down with computers and analyze them, uh, it's just night and day. Back when I started uh, coaching uh, at Ridgemont, we had a Super 8 uh, <laughs> uh, projector right. that, that we would uh, trade film on if the other team wanted to. And then when I came back to Bellefontaine in 81, uh, we, had the, we had the good stuff. We had the 16 millimeter. Yeah. And you had that film, and we were just talking about it. You had to take it to the police department after the game. Somebody came, picked up all the schools around the local area, took it back, developed it overnight, brought it back to you at the police station. And you had that game, and then if you after you watch it, if you wanted to trade uh, with the other team and they're willing, you trade it. Uh, now it's uh, somewhat mandated by the league and so forth that you're trading so many films, and and you just got a lot more information, which allows you to prepare a lot more. Right. But it also prepares them to allows them to prepare a lot more. I bet you guys never thought you'd see a day where you were actually getting video clips on the sidelines <laughs> to share with the kids coming between you know offense and defensive. Possessions. Not a chance. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, you can tell Biff and I, of course, Biff has been that offensive guy for many years, even though he does coach D-backs, but I'm solely trying to stop people from scoring, you know. <laughs> and uh, it's always been my motto, if, if they don't score, they can't win. And uh, But it's interesting. Uh, that's thing that Biff talks about with, with films and things and and getting on huddle now and and the, the being able to just slow it down and run it back and it, it's just amazing because I tell you what we broke a lot of that film back in the day didn't we running it back and forth <laughs> right yeah we had to tape it up well I mean you guys have seen you know quite a few successful seasons here I mean if you go back to Coach Asher uh, you know he had those several nine and one teams Coach Pites. Make, takes a team to the playoffs for the first time. Brownie 1.0 has Egler and Morgan. Smith takes a team to the playoffs, and now this team under Coach Brown. There's each of the coaches that we've had here have since the 80s have had very successful seasons. But what is it that you guys think? I'm going to let Biff talk about the offense, and you talk about the defense, Gail, that maybe makes this team so successful. You want me to talk yeah. about the offense? Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, I'm not on involved at all with the offensive side, but certainly from just a historical perspective, I think this team's as balanced as any team. Again, back in Coach Asher's day, we threw the ball ten times. That was a lot of throwing <laughs> right. uh, for the day. Now uh, we throw it a lot more, throw it a lot better. Kids, another big change is they, they work all summer on their skills. Uh, and do that, and they're very, very good at catching the ball and running routes and so forth. We're blessed with some good kids. We're blessed with some great offensive coaches, uh, and all that together. I, I think we have a hard offense to stop uh, because of all those things. So uh, I would say offensively, uh, again, it's a different game. I, I remember when Coach Clark played. I was in. Uh, 
ninth grade, I think, when he was a senior. And that was a, a hard offense to stop. But uh, it was much more compact uh, and so forth. And, and again, when Coach Asher was here, I remember we had uh, three nine and ones in a row and uh, had a lot of great players like uh, Coach uh, Rich is on the uh, – McDaniel was helping us out now and he was yep. the tailback and he, you know, rushed for a 1,000 yards and Dow and uh, I shouldn't start naming names because there's just too many. And right. I don't want to leave anybody right. out. So, you know, those were great offenses. And, you know, I, I, I know Richard one time ran a ball for 330 yards and 11 carries. So if you can do that, you're pretty dominant. Right, right. Uh, so uh, every era is different. Uh, certainly this, again, uh, the offense, I think the game is made to score more points now. Right. Uh, and um, But but we're very balanced, I think, is, is the best thing about us. You know, even offensively, um, this whole, you know, there was never seven-on-seven seven tournaments or seven-on right. – nobody even knew what seven-on-seven seven was. I mean – you just called that receivers and quarterbacks went and <laughs> they right. did their thing against the defensive backs. Now there's seven on sevens in the offseason. Your quarterbacks and wide receivers are getting a chance to time things up even before you put pads on. Yeah, it, it's all part of it, and it's, it's part of this era that, that, that's been around for you know a while now, but it just continues to grow and develop and become more competitive. Yeah. Coach Clark, how about the defense? Uh, still still see ball, hit ball, right? Well, see ball, hit ball, but, you know, the rule changes, hands are, are one of the things, you know. They uh, they certainly are out to protect these quarterbacks and things and um, trying not to to uh, get any of the late hits on them and things like that. I, I just think the defenses have had to change with all this passing. Again, it's, it's the, the bottom line of the game is uh, you got to tackle. And you gotta, you've got to uh, uh, cover people uh, now more so than it was back in the day. I mean, the game, the game is still physical, but that going back in the day, you had to really be physical to stop some of the folks that were were running the ball because the game was was really built on just running the football. Now that ball is going anywhere, it's flying anywhere, hands and. I just think that um, uh, the, the defense is at a disadvantage sometimes with some of the rules that they have now in, in terms of uh, uh, defensive players, what they can and can't do. But I think it makes for a lot more exciting game yeah, well, than, than some of them we've seen. Well, you think about it, like back in the, before all the artificial turf fields, the fields were all worn out between yes. the hashes. Now they'd be all worn out outside the hashes because <laughs> right. the game's played outside a lot exactly. more than it was um, previously. Coach Roberts, I know you coach the defensive backs, and we're going to get to the linebackers here in a second, but the defensive okay. backs, we've talked on this show for the last couple of weeks about maybe being the most improved position group of the season for the Chieftains. Talk a little bit about how that group's really kind of transpired. Well, I, it couldn't be maybe because we were so bad starting out. <laughs> uh, and uh, the other groups were ahead a little bit. Uh, we moved some guys around, you know, a couple guys that played uh, corner last year moved to safety, so they're learning a position. And then, the, then we're playing about four guys now that had never played varsity uh, corner before. And uh, that takes some adjustment. It ta you know, it's no experience. And, and they throw a lot of things at you. 
you have to be not only cover the pass, you got to tackle in space, you got to recognize formations, you got to get lined up properly, you got to use your right techniques, take the right angles. Uh, so there's a lot involved in, in experiences, uh, a lot of it. Uh, you know, the kids' effort, though, has been great. Uh, I think, uh, of course, I only coach the corners, Coach Vionsky and Coach uh, um, Bethel. Co co excuse Coach McDaniel coached the mm -hmm. uh, uh, safeties, so the same thing. They've had new guys back there, and they've ha had to do the same things. Uh, you know, now uh, Coach uh, Sean Egler and myself work with the corners, uh, which is nice because they're the two widest players on the field, so we can have eyes on all the time, and uh, that helps. But more than anything, uh, the kids have to want to be good. They want to have to learn, and uh, I think we're fortunate we have some kids that can want to do that and have the athletic ability to do it. Yeah, those two young kids have really come, really come on yeah. the last few weeks, and uh, they both have been fairly locked down for you, which has been good for the offense too because it's kept Fogan and Near uh, pretty much focused on just getting offensive snaps, and and those two underclassmen I think have at their development has been one of the really key parts of the success of the team this year. Well, I, I think, you know, again, they're right out there in space and you see them and they have developed a lot. But it, like you said earlier, I think our whole defense is developed. Uh, I think it helps us. Uh, our offense is so diverse and puts points on the board. Uh, that makes teams a little more predictable uh, that, what they're going to do. But, yeah, they've done a great job. And, and, uh, and I hope they're not done improving because I, I see more potential in them. And uh, we just have to continue to work extend this season and uh, see where it takes us. So Coach Clark, the linebackers, we have talked a, a lot on this show uh, about the development of the linebackers. I think a couple things happened. One, um, Ashcraft got hurt. So, yes. you know, they moved Caldell back. Caldell has a 16 tackle game and they, and they give him the chance to play linebacker. So he's there. He's going to be there. If you make 16 tackles in a game, you aren't going to get yeah. moved. Ashcraft's willingness to go down and play that defensive line spot. But that willingness right there has also allowed you guys to give three, four looks and four, three looks almost interchangeably, which is a struggle for offenses to have to deal with. But each of those linebackers too, the athletic ability of uh, Eli Moore and Scott, I mean, all of them can run and that makes a huge difference, right? <laughs> yes, it, make, it makes a big difference. And, and I'll tell you, it was, uh, it was a real eye opener when Sullivan came back with this knee. I, I mean, hence, we just trying to figure out, found out that he had this um, um, issue with the, uh, with the knee and trying to move forward. And you need to move as a linebacker. You really need to cover a lot of ground. So, um, I, I, and, and the best thing about that is that we didn't lose him. Right. We've moved him to a position and AC stepped right in from not having um, any experience really to, 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 to say. I think Alex has done a great job, like you said, when he jumps out here and gets that many tackles. The thing that they have in common is they're both very physical. So uh, when Sullivan went down and played that DN position now, and uh, AC was playing that position before he was, so we just swapped them. And because they're both very physical and mobile, 
and, and, and Sully was a little bit hurt with the knee in terms of his mobility. And so um, AC, of course, can move a little better now with, with being in there. Again, they're both physical. I think Eli, Eli has, has uh, continued to get better week in and week out. And of course, Harper. Harper is just uh, a, a good athlete. He can cover people and uh, he covers a lot of ground. Just think we're solid there right now. And I just think we just continue to improve. And that's what they've done. They've continued to improve week in and week out. I just have to get uh, maybe Eli and Harper as physical as, as <laughs> AC and Sully. And that, that's the thing. As a linebacker, I'd like to see them a little more physical. But they're all doing a great job. Yeah. So a question for both of you, and we'll start with Biff. Um, we've talked about how long you guys have been coaching. And uh, this is a huge week, a chance to win the league championship. Playoffs are on the doorstep. Uh, does that sense of excitement ever get old? Do you still have that same kind of excitement that you had when you were first starting to coach? Um, I, I think it's modified. You know, I, I think uh, when I was younger, it was the excitement of winning uh, and doing that. Um, now it's the excitement of seeing the kids develop and grow. Um, you know, uh, football is the greatest game in the world. Uh, it's the only team game uh, that it takes all of you. Uh, it takes all of you mentally. It takes all of you emotionally. Coach Clark and I have talked about it. Sometimes it causes you to do some soul searching. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's what makes okay. kids grow. That's what I really enjoy about it. And, and, and I agree with Biff. I just think uh, the greatest game, because it teaches you so many things about life. I've always said it's the game of life, Pins. And I, I watch this. I, I've played on some very good teams. I've coached a number of good teams that we've had here at Belfound over the years. And, and it, it, it never... It's never dull. I mean, it's exciting. It's, I agree with Biff, when you see these kids develop from beginning of the year or even their careers, starting them off as freshmen, and then you get them as seniors and see how far they've come and what they can do at that point. So, so that, that is very gratifying as you, as you work with young men and watch them turn into young men and the things that they do now. Uh, again, seeing a lot of these teams, I, I've got a lot of faith, a lot of hope in this team that we have here. I think Coach Brown has got a has accumulated a very good coaching staff here. I think this team is as good as any team I played on here and any team I've coached. It's just up to the kids now at this point how far they want to go. But this team has certainly um, very good potential. I, that's that's high praise. Yeah, that's well, high praise because you 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 played on what could arguably be called the greatest team that was ever at Bell Fountain. But uh, yeah, I, I I think that that kind of leads into the last question, and that is for again for both of you, Biff, starting with Biff. But 
What makes Bell Fountain football so special? I mean, there's got to be something here that keeps guys like yourselves here coaching for 40-plus years. Well, I think it's a, a community that, uh, I, I, growing up here, that um, it was a close community. And there's always been a lot of people uh, that I looked up to and uh, tried to contribute to the community. Uh, and do things for people in the community, create opportunities uh, for people. And some of those people uh, were the coaches that I had and uh, coaches that I coached with. And they, it gives the community something to uh, rally around. Mm -hmm. And it, it just brings the community together. Mm -hmm. And I, I think... Uh, you know, it's still the place to be on Friday night. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. And I know lots of people talked about the loss during COVID of not having the games yep. and, and yep. how it affected them. So I, I think there are other communities, certainly, that are that, are that way also. But uh, that uh, is is something that uh, just that sense of community. It's uh, special. Is, is special it really here. Is. Yeah, I think right. it is. No, I agree, Biff. I, ju I just think that it's special. It is um, Friday nights. You can watch Friday night football. We can talk about that. But uh, it is so special to watch the kids grow, to watch families, families. And, and we were talking about this earlier. I mean, been around here so long now. <laughs> we've coached some of their dads and watching their kids come through here. And grandkids come through and see them, and it's just it's just fun. It's just gratifying to to, to see um, the children of those that have been around here a long time and are still around, uh, and watch them develop and grow. So it is a close knit community, and um, I just think it's um, gratifying just to see those kind of things that happen. And it's the support. Yeah, support the, the support is big, and you know what? Nothing like having a really good football team to support, and it just brings a community together. You think, Bill? Mm -hmm. I agree. Well, I, I hope both of you un understand and, and can appreciate the incredible role you've played in Bell Fountain football. I think that I know my son played football, was coached by both of you. I, I know several of my friends in town. I did not grow up here, but, um, you know, it, your names always come up as in part of the stories, some good, some bad. <laughs> uh, but I think that hopefully, you know, you two ha have a chance to reflect and understand the important role you, you've played in the development of so many men in Bell Fountain. So, uh, not everybody can be here to tell you thank you, but I will on behalf of them that, uh, you know, your commitment to the program and to Bell Fountain is extraordinary. Yeah, thanks, Hens. And you know what? One of the things that, just speaking to that, nothing finer, nothing makes me feel any better than when I have one of the young men I've coached over the years, and it has happened, come up to me and say how important it was for them going through high school and just coming back and just saying thank you right you know it's um it's a great thrill it's it's really gratifying it, it beats any paycheck sure it does. does yes
All right. Well, thank you both so much. Really appreciate it. I wish you guys the best of luck the rest of the way. Um, and thanks for everything you're doing. We're going to step away. And when we return, we'll be joined by a couple of skilled position players. And that's right. Offensive tackles are skilled position yes, players. Are. So um, we'll be back in a second. This is Trey Daring at iColts Daring and Sanford Funeral Homes and Cremation Center. We are committed to providing professional, tailored funeral and cremation services at affordable pricing. We are part of a community of caring individuals, friends, and neighbors who consider it a privilege to serve you in your time of need. We are proud to be locally owned and operated. Our family serving your family since 1903. Go Chiefs! Foresight Insurance and Financial Services is a locally owned and operated financial services provider for the state of Ohio, focusing our efforts on serving the residents of Logan County and surrounding counties. We are located at 1653 U.S. 68 North Bath Mountain. Foresight can help you with all your retirement needs. We specialize in assisting with pension options. We also offer business planning, charitable gifting strategies, as well as life and health insurance. Call today at 937-595-5002. Foresight Insurance and financial services in the business of planning life. Hello, this is Luke Varner from Easton Water Solutions. How is your water? Does your water need improved? Put my 23 years of experience to work for you. Give me a call today, Luke Varner, Easton Water Solutions, 592-8379. Your Realty, we value our clients and provide quality, professional services to Logan County and surrounding areas. Founded in 1988, our company prides itself on unique experiences that you can only find with us. Our area knowledge and negotiating expertise helps buyers and sellers achieve their goals. When you buy or sell with Royer Realty, you can use our moving truck free. Royer Realty, the realtors you know and trust. Go Chiefs! Welcome back to the Chieftain Coaches Corner presented by Eastern Water Solutions. We're now joined by senior offensive tackles Jazander Johnson and Keegan Overton Story. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's nice to have, uh, for weeks we've had quarterbacks and running backs and receivers and linebackers, you know. Eh. Now we finally get the big boys on, the guys that make it all happen. I'm a little partial, you know, to offensive linemen, but uh, Jazander, we're going to start with you. What an incredible offense this season. Uh, what's been the key to success for the guys up front? We play physical. I we like that. Our, we chop our feet. We play fast and physical. Keegan, anything else to add? Um, I think also we're really good friends up front, so we communicate well. We um, we know what to say to each other and when to say it, so we don't offend one another. But we're all good friends, so we good offensive together. lines push each other too, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of you know, a guy gets a holding penalty. It, you know, it's easy to turn on one another, but mm -hmm. uh, that's when kind of the offensive line really stays as a unit. Yep. Um, a lot's been made out of the fact that you guys returned a lot of uh, offensive linemen from last year. How critical has that been to your success so far this year and the fact that you had all played together? Um, I think that we, this year, we focused on more of working together and, like, um, getting better at our like skills ourselves and working in practice like individually um like for instance our like kick steps and stuff as of last year we had to work on like getting to know each other on the field and like just working together 
right? I, I don't know if you guys realize how um, kind of extraordinary it is to return all five starting offensive linemen. I don't think I ever played on a team that returned all five starting offensive linemen. And um, I can't imagine that just getting to skip that whole what the different strengths and weaknesses of each guy and go right into the season had to be uh, a real plus as far as cohesiveness right away. Yeah. Um, Xander, it has to be fun to block for a guy like Chris Fogan. Yes, sir. It's amazing. <laughs> Do you have to, you probably don't have to hold your blocks that long. Oh no, he can make a lot of plays out of anything. Yeah, I I, I think that um, you know I there's been a lot of great running backs come through Bell Fountain, and I'd say the one thing about running backs like Chris Fogan is that, uh, and no offense, I'm not saying this about you guys, but I'm just saying it makes an offensive lineman's job a lot easier when you got to hold a block for a split second compared to when you got to hold it for a couple seconds. Yeah, you just kind of pretty much have to get in somebody's way and and give him a chance, right? Yeah. Which you did Friday night, because I noticed that uh, he never got touched on a couple of those touchdown runs. And when something like that happens, you know, there's all the celebration that takes place with the running back and all that. But offensive linemen, do you guys happen to get together on the sidelines and be like, okay, that's what we're supposed to do? Um, yeah, sometimes. But usually we're like, all right, we did our job. We do it again. Yeah, see, that's the, this, is, this is the thing about offensive linemen is they don't ever talk much. See, you, you need to, we, we need to get the skilled kids in here because they're all used to the limelight yeah. and everything. You know, offensive linemen, you guys don't feel comfortable unless you're dirty, so I should have exactly. brought some dirt in here and kind of thrown it on you, and <laughs> you guys would have felt more comfortable probably. Um, Keegan, for the listeners who may not know much about offensive line play, explain the difference between as an offensive lineman between run blocking and pass protection. Um, so run blocking is more uh, of aggressive we want to come out and smack the guy ahead of us and displace him and make sure we can give room for the runner. As of pass uh, pro, we give more. We want separation between the, our defender and give time to our QB. So, Gisander, which one do you like best? I like run block. I like physical, aggressive. Every offensive lineman in the history of football said the same thing. Do you know that? There's not an offensive lineman that exists on the face of this earth that has ever played football that said, I'd rather pass pro. You know why? Because you have to take a step back first mm -hmm. when you're pass pro, right? Yep. And that's just not an offensive lineman's vocabulary, really. They'd rather go forward. I don't know about you guys, but, I mean, run blocking, you get to go hit somebody in yeah, pass pro. you yeah. got to wait for them to come to you. You don't get as many pancakes when you're pass pro. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And it's all about pancakes. Yeah. Yeah. Both at the breakfast table and in the game, yeah. Gisander, so a lot of times about offensive linemen are just a bit, well, different, okay? A little bit, um, you know, they're kind of a bit more crazy than the other maybe players on the team. Uh, does that sound like this group, or are you guys kind of in the crazy mode, or are you kind of more, like, smart and intellectual? We're more laid back. We're are not you? super crazy. Yeah. A laid-back offensive line, Coach Brown. We're going to have to talk about that. <laughs> uh, um, do you guys, like, do stuff together outside of football? Um, yeah, we'll hang out for football games Saturdays. Um, we'll go out to breakfast. I bet you like the restaurants that. love seeing you guys yeah. coming. Yeah, <laughs> homecoming and Bob Evans. There you go. Two top spots. There you go. So, Keegan, up next for the Chiefs is London, a team that wants uh, to – kind of try and be more physical than their opponent. Uh, what does that mean for the offensive line? Um, that means we got to come out this Friday and make sure we are more physical than them. We got a um, – they got a big nose guard, 77. Um, 
we got to make sure we can get a good double team on them, uh, keep them out of our backfield, and that's about it. So they're the type of team that kind of likes it to be a street fight. I mean, that, yeah. that that's kind of a fun game, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, it's it's fun when you can compete with the guys across from you. They give you a good look. So, Jazander, I'm going to take you all the way back to week two. All right? Probably the one week of the season you don't want to talk about, but that's the week we're going to talk about. So your only loss is against Coldwater. What did this team learn from that game that has made you go on to win seven straight? You know, Coldwater had a super physical defensive line, and we weren't as physical as them that game. So we learned just be more physical, play the best, do everything you can. And last question. This one's for both of you. What are your plans after high school? Um, I think we're both pretty much the same here. Uh, we're probably going to go play college somewhere. Um, we both have an offer to Wittenberg, so that's our option right now. Yeah. So you guys might both be booking tackles yeah, again, huh? we could. Mm -hmm. Could be on the same team again. That's great. Well, guys, great job. Best of luck. Keep taking care of business in the trenches. Um, next up for the Chiefs is a trip to London Friday night. The first round of the playoff pairings will be released Sunday, but for an early glimpse, check out Joe Itell's website Saturday morning. He will give you an early idea of where the Chiefs will be playing and who their opponent will be next week. For Coach Brown and all of the guests, this is Don Hensley saying thank you for joining us this week for the Eastern Water Solutions Presents Chieftain's Coach's Corner.